Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. can say. Amen. Woo. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I was, I was ministering uh, in, in Balaka on Tuesday of this past week, and as I was ministering, The Spirit of the Lord just just tugged on my heart about about faith, but also as I was ministering some things that that I had ministered here, I heard the Lord say to me, "You need to reiterate some things. Uh, you need to go back over." things that you've taught in the past. And that, that weighed on me all week as I was thinking about home and, and what I would share this morning. And so for these next few Sundays, if the Lord wills, I'm going to, I feel led to, and I'm going to um, share some messages that I've shared in the past. Uh, I believe it will be helpful. I was talking with, with, with a young man who's part of our ministry and sharing some things with him. And I would say to him as he would talk about things, I said, I've talked about this before. I've ministered on this before. He said, well, I don't know where I was, Bishop. I said, well, you probably were there. You probably just weren't listening. <laughs> and, you know, with, with hearing, you can sit down, sit down. With hearing, I'm, I'm going to go right into the Word. With hearing... Uh, we all, any, any teacher, we have, we have some teachers in here, right? Wave your hand, teachers. <laughs> Amen. Uh, one of the things I learned in studying is that repetition is the first law of learning. You have to go, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. It's a repetitious thing. So, um, you know, I'm a good cook because I kept on cooking. I didn't cook one time. I kept on cooking. I think I'm a good cook. Anybody agree? <laughs> oh, sometimes I look at the pictures of the macaroni and cheese I did for misses that time. Lord have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. So it's, it's repetition that's so important. And if we are going to um, grow in the Lord, we have to keep repeating, going over what we've studied, what we've heard over and over again. And it's more than just hearing. 
because you forget what you hear. You do, you forget. Uh, I, don't, I forget the percentage, but unless you write things down or make notes somewhere, most of us have notepads on our phones, and you know, if you don't bring a notebook and write key points down and go back and do the research, you'll forget it. You'll forget it. When we were building the, the front part of this building, uh, the deacon that came up from my home church uh, that helped us with the electricity, with the electricity. <clears throat> one day we were doing something, and, and uh, Brother John Izzard was, was, was here, and he was working. And he, the deacon said, he said, you know, a short pencil is better than a long memory any day. A short pencil is better than a long memory any day, which meant write it down. Because you can hear something, and next few minutes, something distracts you, and you forgot. You ask, what did you say? Anyway, so let me go into this word. I want to go, uh, I just feel the, 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 I feel that we need to talk about faith. And in Hebrews chapter 11, I don't feel, I sense, you know, I can't go by my feelings. Because I wanted to preach about Hamas and Israel today, and I sat down last night to write a sermon on that, and the Lord stopped me from doing that. Amen. Amen. This is what's most important because this prepares us to minister in the midst of the warfare that's going on in the world around us. Because we're not going to stop the war. Just like we're not going to stop the killing. You know, every day there's killing. But if we can win souls so that if they die, they're prepared to, to go to be with the Lord. Because one day we're going to die. We may not die because someone shot us down. You know, we were riding down the street in Malawi one day last week. And I see this man come running up the middle of the street. And just as he got close to the car, he threw himself down in the road. And all I could say was, Jesus! Ooh. And the man said, I'm tired of living. I want to die. Well, that's a dangerous thing. You don't throw yourself down in front of a car because you could not die. You could just break a leg. Now, now your life is worse. So, so the important thing is that we, we're prepared to win souls for the kingdom so that if people die, they go to be with the Lord. Death is, is inevitable. So let me go through, the, let me share this word with you. And I'm not going to put a time limit on it. I would love to. I don't understand why I can go over my notes in 15 minutes, but when I get up to preach, <laughs> hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Now faith is a, you know, there was a time I prepared all of my messages with the King James Version because that's, that's how we grew up on King James. But I'm going to read this from the NIV. I'm not going to. Uh, read it from King James, and I'll go back and refer to because this message was prepared with words from the King James Scripture, and I can, I can just help you with that as we go through this. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Does anybody have a King James in here? Anybody reading from King James? You're reading from King James? You want to come up and read this from the King James? No? You got King James? 
if you got the courage, come on. You got more courage than you think you got. Come on, sister. Read one through three. Yeah. Yes, come on up here. No, I'm talking to Sister Lipscomb. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes boldness is in quietness. Gentle spirit. <laughs> Amen. Read it from the one through three from King James for me. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And it goes on, as I'll, I'll talk about it in the message with some other words from the King James that will help us understand some things and make some connections here. So this chapter introduces, this chapter introduces the final section of the epistle to the Hebrews, all right, this letter written uh, to the Hebrew believers. Um, and it's called, in some Bibles, a, a superior principle, superior principle, faith. Faith is the superior principle. In chapters 1 through 6 of this book, the author has emphasized the fact that Christ is, is the superior person, all right? And in chapters 7 through 10, <clears throat> that Christ exercises a superior priesthood, all right? You can go back and read this. You'll see this in your Bibles. And consequently, the early Christians uh, and us should put our trust in him. Now, the first century Christians, the one that this epistle was written to, uh, were being tempted to go back into Judaism, all right, and to put their faith in the Mosaic law uh, because of the things that they were going through, both inwardly and outwardly. But going back was not an option. Can someone say going back is not an option? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Going back is not an option. You may have even started going back, but the, the, the Lord is turning you around today. Amen. He's turning you around today. This epistle repeal, reveals some inner weaknesses among the believers. All right? As we read the book, we see that they had, been, they had to be encouraged not to drift away. All right? From what they had heard and not to neglect the message of salvation, they were also encouraged not to fail to reach the Christian goal and not to lose hold on the faith that they confessed, all right? Not to lose their confidence from spiritual, uh, not to lose their confidence and not to become dull of understanding. All of these are words in the King James, but, but hear the Lord. Hear the Lord. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord says to the church. Don't become dull in understanding. Don't become sluggish, all right? Uh, they are encouraged to, to develop from spiritual infancy or childhood into maturity, all right? As we hear this, we should be hearing the Lord speaking to us today as well, all right? They were encouraged not to prove unproductive, but to continue in good works, they're encouraged to cast off the weight uh, of sin and not grow weary or not lose heart. 
they're also encouraged to strengthen their or possibly one another's weak knees and make straight paths for their feet. All right, so they're encouraged here in this, in this epistle to hold on to God, in essence, to hold on to their faith. And, and so we see these weaknesses. We see as he talks to the believers, we see them, some of them drifting, slowly drifting away, some of them neglecting the message of salvation, some of them becoming sluggish, some of them losing confidence, some of them remaining in spiritual infancy rather than going to maturity, some of them being unproductive, all right? Some of them are not continuing in good weights, good works. Some of them are being burdened under the weight of sin in their lives. Some of them growing weary. Some of them losing heart. Some of them becoming weak and not strengthening themselves or not strengthening one another. Amen. And some of them being carried off by strange teachings. Along with these, there is also the mention of rebellion against the will of God. The danger of having an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Among many other things, disobedience like the Exodus generation who didn't believe God and died in the wilderness. Uh, uh, all right, and this this rebellion, which couldn't be seen by the natural eye, God saw. Don't you know God sees the rebellion in our hearts and in our actions? People may not see it, but God sees it. You know, we're really concerned about what people see. <laughs> A lot of times we're not concerned about what God sees, and he's the one that we really should be concerned about, what God sees. We should be concerned about what he sees. Yeah. Um, and they, it goes on to talk about people falling away, crucifying again the Son of God, and holding him up to con holding him up to contempt, to willful persistence in sin, such as amounts to spurning, to spurning the Son of God, and profaning the blood of the covenant. These are some strong terms that are used of people who are rejecting Jesus Christ. Amen. And, you know, just for reference, when I, when I was reading about the history of, of the nation of Israel, once it was established as a nation again, and it being a very secular state, not a religious state at all, and people really rejecting God, not having any faith or belief in God at all, and consequently rejecting Jesus Christ, I see this in this passage of Scripture. So you have Israel as a nation, but you don't have an Israel as a nation who worships God. I'm not talking about who worship Jesus. I'm talking about Orthodox Jews as a nation who honor and worship their God. They've rejected him for the most part. And then, of course, now you have the Christian Jews, the Messianic Jews, who are preaching Christ Jesus. They are suffering in this battle. Both on both sides, because they're Christians in both nations. Yeah, 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 yeah. People spurning, spurning the Son of God and profaning the blood of the covenant to defiling bitterness springing up in the community. What's happening is defiling, defiling the communities and because they've rejected God. And even to refusing to listen to God or Jesus' voice. Amen? Also, there, 
there are repeated exhortations to faithfulness to the end. As you read this, this book, you see repeated exhortations to the believers to remain faithful unto the end. And then there are frequent references to sin and forgiveness. All of these statements reveals inner weaknesses of the, in the believers and thus in the community of faith. All of these things reveal inner weaknesses, and that's where, you know, spiritually it's on the inside. If we're weak spiritually, it doesn't matter how strong we are physically. If we are weak spiritually, Satan will defeat us. We will be led astray. We will be deceived. Amen. Then, along with these inner pressures, there was also the outward pressures or attacks leveled against the believers. As it was in, when Jesus walked the face of the earth, and as the community of faith had been at earlier times, these people, too, were being tested. The difference at the time of this letter was that these trials seemed likely to increase in severity, perhaps to the point of some of them becoming martyrs. martyrs. And, of course, that is what happened. This is the reason, this is the reason that they are encouraged in chapter 10 not to throw away their confidence in the midst of the persecution they were going through. Yes, they, 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 they were being severely persecuted and going through great trials of affliction because of their faith in Christ Jesus. But going back, falling away was not the answer. They were being severely persecuted, but falling away was not the answer. Now, now, it's important for us in our generation. We may not be experiencing the things that they were experiencing, but all of us experience some type of persecution. All of us experience some type of persecution. Satan is not going to leave us alone. It's important that we don't fall away from the faith. Amen. It's so important that we don't fall away from the faith. So I, I want us to hear this. I don't want us to hear Bishop preaching about what happened back then, but we've got to make the connection between what's going on in our lives today. What type of persecution are you facing? What type of attacks are coming against you personally, mentally, spiritually? You know, you're experiencing something in your life. Amen. And it's not just the way life is. It's not just the way life is. These things are going to be, but they're going to be because of a reason. Because Satan comes to do what? Steal, to kill, and to destroy. We know that scripture. We can say Satan comes to, to destroy, to kill, and to steal. We can say it backwards and frontwards. But when it comes to a planet, to our lives, we've got to see this. We've got to see what Satan is trying to do to us. And in many times, he's doing it. He's doing it. But falling away from the faith is not the answer. It's not the answer. you got to stay long enough until you see the glory of the Lord revealed in your life. you got to stay long enough until you see breakthrough in your life. You got to stay long enough until your perspective changes, until you're renewed in, your, in the spirit of your mind, and you begin to see and understand what God has been trying to say to you. You can't fall away. 
Somebody say, falling away is not the answer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not the answer. Considering this, it's important to note that there are times when you and I are tempted to go back to the visible. We're trained in the senses. Taste, touch, smell, hear, taste, touch, smell, hear, sight. We're trained in the senses. And that's, that's how we grow up, you know, and we, 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 we have confidence in the visible. You don't see God. You don't see him. You hear people talk about him, but you don't see him. And when sometimes when you're young in the faith, not necessarily young in age, but when you're young in the faith, you're accustomed to the visible. And so you start out, and then, then if you don't experience God, can someone say experience the Lord? You got to experience the Lord. You got you got to have experiences with Him so that you know that He's real. Amen. I, I can't touch Him. I can't I can't reach out and grab Him. But my experience tells me, my experience has proven to me that He is real. Yes, He's real. Does anybody know He's real today? Oh, I know He's real. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hmm. Lord have mercy. I think I got way ahead of myself, but that's all right. Amen. Amen. So, so, so we're tempted. We're tempted to go back to the tangible, and depending on what we hear, and depending on who we're surrounded with, it's much easier to 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 go back to the tangible things in this world and in this life, things that we can touch and feel in the midst of our difficulties and severity. Because you know, when things are going good, we can come to church and praise the Lord. When things are going good, you can lift up holy hands, you know. You can enjoy the songs of Zion. But when things are not going good, has anybody been there? Has anybody been there? Things stopped going well. You went through a trial of affliction and it seemed like the Lord didn't hear you. It seemed like the Lord wasn't moving on your behalf. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. You've heard us say that there was a time when, when people were going through, they would come to the church, but they were looking for an answer. They were looking for hope. But there's a generation that has arisen when they are going through, they don't want to go to the church. They don't want to hear the message of Zion, you know. And the devil will tempt you. This is what the devil will tell you. Everybody in there doing the same thing I'm doing. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because everybody ain't doing what you're doing. That's just a lie. You got you to recognize the lies that the devil tells you. You know, he's a liar. He's the father of lies. He is diabolical. Anyway, let me go on with this message. Amen. So, you know, and we, we're tempted to go back to touching and feeling and what we can see. Amen. To the tangible, to the vis- visible, in the midst of our difficulties, in the midst of severe, severe tests and trials of affliction. Let, let me also say this. As I, as I said that, the Holy Spirit quickened me. Because, you know, it is um, what I've sensed the Lord and seen the Lord doing in my life is the Lord prepares me for more difficult afflictions. Because I would break, I would have broken if I have gone had gone through some of the things I've gone through when I was young in the Lord. But because he didn't give me the tough stuff when I was young in the Lord, 
he gave me some mild stuff that I had to deal with. You know, it's like you go to the gym. You don't start lifting 200 pounds. You can't even get, get it off the, off the bench. You know, you start with 20 pounds. You might have to start with 10, you know, five. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Are you understanding me? Amen. You, you start with those five. Somebody might have to start with two, you know. Hallelujah. But you, you keep on lifting, you know, and you go from one degree to the next until you get to the 200. It may take you a long time to get to the 200, but you keep on lifting. You keep on building those muscles. Hallelujah. So that you can eventually lift the 200. So God, God, God knows. He knows our frame. Amen. He never tempts us with more than we can bear. Oh, Lord, I got this. I heard this this morning. But with the temptation, he provides a way of escape. And I was, I don't know, that just came to my mind this morning. And, and, and I heard the Lord say, find the way of escape. He said, tell the people, find the way of escape. Amen. The Lord, the Lord is not tempting you above that which you are able. But with the temptation, he has provided the way of escape. Now open your spiritual eyes and find the way of escape and run. When you get the way, run. Run for your life because your life, your life depends on it. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I can shout right there, but I need to finish this message. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Uh, and so considering the gamut of things, uh, the writer of Hebrews lists as working against the early believers, we have to admit that some of our problems come because we too have become dull of hearing. Maybe not all of us, but some of us, we become dull. I don't want to hear that anymore. I've heard that before, you know. Yeah, but did you apply it, you know? Did you really hear it all? Did you understand it? You know, and then we don't want to listen. We don't want to hear. And other things sound more appealing. Oh, my God. My goodness. You know, it's good to know what the world thinks and what the world says, but you can't listen to that stuff every day. You got to get in this word. Amen. You got to get in this word. You got to turn that secular music off. And you got to get into the word because you're, you're, this is an ear gate. This is, a, this is a way into your soul, your ears, what you're listening to. Now, you need to, if you just stop, some of us, not all of us, you know, maybe I need to listen to it more because y'all say I got old songs that I talk about all the time. Somebody told me once, we need to give Bishop a new list of songs to talk about. <laughs> a new playlist, amen. Oh, Jesus. But some of that stuff hurts my ears. I can't listen to it. You know, and I'm like, okay, you know, listen to some of the stuff and you say, you know, what, what are these people, how are these people influencing our young people? How is this music influencing? Because it's getting into this gate that gets to your soul. And you listen to this stuff constantly and there's nothing countering it. What you get on Sunday morning it's just a small portion of your week, of your hearing, of your receiving. Just a small portion. Just a small portion. Anyway. So we too, we become sluggish, some of us. Slothful in the things of God. We, we, we're not engaged in ministry. You know, we're not doing anything. We're not productive. 
some of us. We become weak in our knees, feeble in our walk. And it's during these times that the temptation to slide back to our old ways becomes strong. Slide back to our patterns. And be, be careful when you recommit your life to the Lord. Be very careful that you stay in the Word of God and that you stay with the fellowship of believers and you, you, you stay uh, in the Word and in, 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 in a spiritual atmosphere because you're weak now. And you, the devil is going to come at you because he don't want you to rededicate yourself to him. And if you're not careful, you'll start seeing yourself sliding backwards. Sliding backwards. Sliding backwards. And if before you know it, you're back to your old ways of doing things. So it's important to note that, to, to take note of this, amen, because if we're not careful, we can easily slip away from growing vibrant faith in God. Amen. Somebody said growing vibrant faith in God. I don't want to just have a faith. I want a vibrant faith in God. Amen. I want a growing faith in God. Amen. Amen. So we can become like sheep that nibbles away. You know, you get the picture of a, a sheep and a shepherd watching the sheep and they're out grazing. And, you know, they say sheep, is a, sheep are dumb animals so they can just eat their way into danger. They don't pay attention to what's going on around them. They just keep eating. They keep eating. They keep enjoying the grass. And they keep enjoying the grass. And after a while, they've eaten themselves away from the fold. And they've eaten themselves into danger. Consuming. You know, you saw the, some of you saw the post that I, that I reposted from another pastor that talked about, you know, those of us who, who now we've gotten used to the couch. We've gotten used to staying at home. He wasn't talking about y'all, but you saw the post. <laughs> y'all, you, you hear. Amen. But maybe this is for those who are watching online <laughs> who don't come regularly. You know, uh, and maybe for some other folk who just, you know, they, they can flip from one, one sermon to the next, you know, like a smorgasbord. You know, maybe it's talking about those people. I don't know who it's talking about, but it's talking about somebody. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and they stay at home and they, he said, but Christians, we need the church. We need the fellowship of believers. We are not consumers. We are contributors. Amen. So, so we, we don't come to consume, and you can consume by, you know, staying at home, uh, listening to these different broadcasts, getting this, that, and the other, but you need that fellowship of believers, and you come and you contribute to the worship. You know, you don't just even listen to the praise ministry as they sing praises, but you engage yourself. I never heard that, sing, that song that was ministered this morning. That was the first time I heard it, but... You know, I just developed a way. If I listen just a few minutes, I'm going to pick up some words because I am a contributor. I am a worshiper. Amen. Amen. I was, I was filming the dance, one of the dances that they were doing in Malawi, and somebody posted on my page, Bishop, where you at? I don't see you getting your groove on. I wrote back. I said, I was filming at that point, but I got to get the other clip. 
Somebody else was filming when I put my camera down and I got out there and started dancing in the dust, amen, in the, in the heat, amen, because I am a worshiper. I don't come to consume. I come to contribute, amen, amen, in the kingdom of God. I am not a consumer. I am a contributor. Glory to the name of Jesus. Amen. I don't preach just here. When I go on the mission field, I preach, I teach because I am a contributor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. When there are opportunities to minister, I want to be a part of it. The only reason I didn't come to the to the to the last thing at the path, I forgot about it. I'm a contributor. I want to be a part of what's going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so the author brings us to chapter 11. Chapter 11, all Christians are called to live by faith, not just talk faith, all right, nor do do those things that satisfy a religious spirit uh, or religious conscience, but to actually embrace the faith and live by it every day. Live by faith. Live by faith. Live by faith. This is the only solution to the possibility of falling away or reverting back to the old way. You got to live by faith. That's the only solution. That's a, you can't, excuse me, you can't pray your way into staying close to God. You got to live by faith. This is a daily walk. Amen. Walking. You may be standing still lifting up your feet, but you ain't walking. Walking always suggests a progression. Always, always a progression. Always a progression. You got to live. That's the only solution. Amen. We don't need religion. We need faith. Amen. We don't need a religious spirit or religious conscience. We need faith. Amen. Living by faith is the key to growing in faith and developing a strong, energetic, vibrant, life-changing faith. You got to live this thing out every day, every day, and every day the Lord will give you an opportunity for your faith to grow. Every day. You know, you saw what I posted, right, last the Sunday that I left. I said, I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait until... I get to Kenya to start ministry. I said, when I get to the airport, I want to minister. I'm sitting at the airport waiting at my gate for time to leave, and here comes this soldier. I didn't know he was a soldier. Here comes this man, you know, and he says, can I sit by you? I said, sure. And he said, and we start talking. And I said, Lord, this is what I asked you for. God gave me what I asked him for an opportunity to minister. So I just didn't have a conversation with him. Uh, I was able to, to, I grabbed the hand. I said, can I pray with you? This is a sergeant in the United States Army. And he begins to tell me his story and begin to talk about his wife and begin to talk about his children. Amen. So it gave me an opportunity to minister to this man. And he gave me a patch. I got it. He said, now, I want you to show this to your brothers. He said, when, I, when you show this to your brothers, they will understand what this means. So anybody been in the military, I'll show it to you afterwards. I showed it to Dr. Parker. He said, wow. He said, 
you must have made a great impression on that man because this is a, is, is, is a, is, is an award or something like that that you don't give this away to anybody. And I said, thank you, Jesus, because God gave me what I asked for. Amen. So I'm leaving somewhere. I was on so many flights, I forgot which one I was on. I'm leaving Malawi, I think I was. And so this lady was sitting across the seat from me, and, you know, she was acting like something was wrong with her, you know. And, and, but, you know, I learned this. Don't judge people. Don't look at people and form an immediate judgment because you could very well be wrong. And so the plane is taking off, and she wants to sit over on the other. She said, that's my seat. I said, no, okay, now you can wait until we get up in the air. And I, then I said, when we got up in the air and the seatbelt sign went off, I said, okay, come on over and sit. And she sat there, and she started doing something. And the Holy Spirit said, no, you can't sit in this seat and not talk to this lady. So I began to talk to her. And she began to tell me her story about how she had left her home in Kenya and moved to Pretoria, South Africa, not knowing anybody. And she shared some of the difficulties that she was going through. And I said, may I pray with you? And I prayed with her there on the plane, was able to minister to her on the plane. I said, Lord, you know, this this, this can't be just me getting into the country. Amen. I can't get on this airplane and not, and people sitting beside me, and I don't talk to anybody. I keep my mouth shut. I want to minister wherever you put me because I am a contributor. I am not a consumer. Are y'all listening? Yeah, yeah. I see now why I can to study my message in 15 minutes, but when I'm preaching it. <laughs> Hallelujah! I just want to give you some examples, amen, of what living by faith every day is like. And in your house, you got to live by faith. You got to live by faith in your house. It, when you deal with your bills, when you deal with your husband or your wife, amen, you got to live by faith. Everything doesn't, it's not hunky-dory in every marriage. Just tell the truth. Amen. You're going to have problems. Sickness is going to come. Trouble is going to come. Amen. And you got to live by faith in order to endure whatever the devil throws at you. It's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. Amen. So living by faith is key. So here in Hebrews chapter 11, the author discusses two important topics relating to faith. So I'm just going to talk about uh, one of them, the first one, okay? Uh, this is a description of faith. It is a description of what biblical faith does and how biblical faith works. Okay, biblical faith. This is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about biblical faith. What it, a description of what biblical faith does and how biblical faith works. This is not a definition of faith, but a description of what faith does and how faith works, okay? And, and we need the description. You can go to the dictionary and you can pull up faith and you'll get a definition, all right? All right? But we need more than a definition. We need a picture of what faith is 
and what faith does and how it works so that we can make sure that we are in faith and that we're living by faith, all right? True biblical faith is not blind optimism, okay, or a manufactured hope-so feeling. You hear people, you pray for people, I hope so. Hope so, me, hope so says there's, there's some doubt in what you're saying. People even say it with an with a issue of doubt, okay? Um, neither is biblical faith intellectual assent to a doctrine. It is certainly not believing despite evidence. Listen now. It is not believing despite evidence. Because if you believe without evidence, that could be attributed uh, similar to superstition. So, True Bible faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances or consequences. True biblical faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences. You got that? In spite of it. Circumstances may appear to be one way. Consequences may appear to be one way. But faith says, I believe God in spite of that or despite that. Biblical faith operates quite simply. Get this. All right, get this. It operates quite simply. All right. Uh, God speaks. We hear his word. We trust and act on his word. Y'all got that? God speaks. We hear. We trust. And we operate on his word. Give me a picture of that. Okay. How many of you know the story of Peter walking on water? You've heard that preached before. What happened there? Peter sees Jesus walking on water over in early in the morning. I won't tell the whole story. Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you. Jesus says, come. Peter steps out of the boat and starts walking on water. Don't go to where Peter sank. No. Peter operated in biblical faith. The Lord spoke. Peter heard. Peter trusted and started walking on water. Nobody else in that boat had that testimony. All of them saw Jesus. All of them could have said, Lord, let us come. All 12 of them could have stepped out of that boat. But only one. You should be pushing to be that one. You hear me? You should be pushing. I I want to demonstrate that, but somebody might fall. Give me a crowd of people up here. All of us want to be one, and we're pushing each other out of it because I want to be the one. Do you understand what I'm saying? I want to be the one. Hallelujah. You might get it too, but I just want to be the one. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Jesus said, come. He, Peter got the word. Peter trusted, and Peter stepped out on the boat and began to walk on water. I think the last Sunday I was here, I preached about faith to walk on water. That's what we need today. There are some situations in your life today that you need faith. Step out of the boat 
get the word from the Lord and step out of your boat because you can walk on water because you got the word. Hallelujah. Mm, yeah. Biblical faith works the same way for us. This is something that, that the saved know and understand. The unsaved world does not and cannot understand true biblical faith. One cynical writer defined faith as illogical belief in the occurrences of, in the occurrence of the impossible. Illogical belief in the occurrence of the impossible. So I was ministering in Balak, and, and this is, I think, where the Lord was stirring me up because I was preaching about faith. And the day before, uh, we were talking about something that needed to happen in the churches. And I described to them something that the Lord did here at Tabernacle of Praise. And the whole, the 240 pastors began to, began to, you know how people mumble and a whole bunch of people talking? They said, that cannot happen in Malawi. Well, you know, they shouldn't have said that to me. That thing troubled me all night long, and I came back the next day, and I had to minister on faith. Because if we say that this cannot happen, that means there's a flaw in our faith life. Because the things that are, Im come on, impossible with man are possible with God. Are you hearing me? When you're looking at what seems to be impossible to you, you got to remember that God is not bound up by your limitations. He is the sovereign God. He is the one who spoke and the whole world came into existence. He is the one who took dust and formed the human being and breathed into him the breath of life and man became a living soul. Things that are impossible with man are impossible with man are possible with God. Our faith is not illogical belief in the occurrence of the impossible. It's not. Mm. But this is the way a lot of people think. They're thinking that can't happen. That can't be. This couldn't be. God can't do that. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Because they don't have the right point of reference for their faith. Mm. They don't have the right object for their faith. I don't know what they're looking at, but they're not looking at the right object for their faith. Amen? Amen. If the object of their faith is so con some concocted idealism or some concocted theory, then it will not work. Hallelujah. But the object of our faith is the Almighty God. The object of our faith is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is the object... Hallelujah. He's the ob object of my faith. He is the one who nothing is impossible with. Nothing. So I don't look to the doctor for my healing. I thank God for the medicine, but I look to God who is, hallelujah, who is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. The object of my faith who is not proven to be a failure, but proven to be victorious. Are you listening to me today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Glory to the name of Jesus. Three words in Hebrews chapter 1, uh, chapter 11, verses 1 through summarize what true biblical faith is. Substance, evidence, and witness. Now, witness in the NIV is not used. The word is not used. They use the word commended. Amen. But I want to focus on this. All right. Substance, evidence, and witness. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. The word translated substance literally means to stand under, to support. So faith is the substance of that which stands under to support what we hope for. Are you understanding me? Ah, hallelujah. Faith is to a Christian uh, what a foundation is to a house. It gives confidence and assurance that we will stand. My faith says I will stand. Hallelujah. Amen. Things may be coming up against me, but I have this foundation that says I stand. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you might say faith is the confidence of things hoped for, or faith is the assurance of things hoped for. When a believer has faith, it is God's way of giving him confidence and assurance that what is promised will be experienced. Amen? You got that? When a believer has faith, <laughs> thank you, Jesus, those people believe in Jesus for salvation, but they don't believe him for nothing else. This is a walk of faith. So you got to believe God for your college tuition. You got to believe God to make A's as you study. Amen. You got to believe God. Yeah, you got to ask the Lord, Lord, I studied now, but please bring back to my remembrance the things. So I get ready to get in that classroom and take that test. Holy Spirit, I need you to refresh my mind. I need you to, yeah, yeah, that's what biblical faith does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah. So, amen. Faith is the confidence of things hoped for, the assurance of things hoped for. When a believer, yes, biblical faith is what stands under us. Biblical faith is what supports us as we live in relationship with God. Amen. And assures us that we will come through whatever it is we're going through and that we will come out victoriously. Biblical faith is where God is now. Biblical faith, glory to God, amen, is what God is doing now. Biblical faith is what we're coming out of now. Biblical faith is how we are prospering now. Biblical faith is how we're overcoming now. It's not where we were yesterday, amen. It's not what might happen, amen, but what we are assured of will happen, amen, because biblical faith, amen, rests in the provenness of God. Our God is faithful. Amen. And we know it because he's proven himself. That's why you got to experience him. You got to experience him. Our God will keep his word. He'll keep his word. He'll keep his word. Amen. Amen. Because he's proven himself. Our God will make us victorious. Amen. And we know it because he's proven himself. Hallelujah. Biblical faith is our confidence and assurance that we will stand. Then we come to the word evidence. Evidence, all right? Evidence means conviction, all right? In the court of law, there must be evidence. There must be signs. There must be proof or information sufficient 
to convict a person of a crime. If there's no evidence, the charged person is set free. You got to have evidence. You got to have evidence that your faith is real. All right? Faith is the confidence of things hoped for, the evidence of the conviction of things not seen. Mm. Evidence, conviction. For us, this is, a, this is an inward conviction from God that what he has promised, he will perform. How do we get it? Y'all listening? You know the answer. I would ask you, but I won't ask you. I'll just tell you. That might be the best thing. How do we get it? How do we get it? How do we get that, 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 that inner conviction? We say, well, the Holy Spirit gives it to me. Yeah, but, but, all right. <laughs> we just said uh, that God instills this conviction in us, but let me make it a bit more specific. Through the revelation of the Word of God, as we hear it over and over again, God instills this conviction in us. The Holy Spirit instills this conviction in us, all right? You see, when I read the record, and the record I'm talking about is the book. When I read the record, all right, yeah, yeah, that God watches over his word to perform it. I read it. But as I continue reading, I see what God promised Abraham a son. And that through the Son, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And I see the fulfillment of that promise. I begin to develop inner conviction. When I read the record of the widow of Zarephath preparing to die along with her son because there was drought in the land, but the man of God came and said, make me a cake of bread first. And she makes that cake of bread in obedience. And then I see as I read the record that every day for three years, God sustained that woman. I'm developing inner conviction. Are you hearing me? But I got to read the record. I got to read the record. Hallelujah. When I read the record about God's promise of a Messiah and that this Messiah was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities, he took the punishment that brought about my peace with God. Then I see Jesus. Oh, Lord have mercy. But I read the record. I read, you got to tell your neighbor, pick up the book and read the record. The record is there. If I want, if I want inner conviction, it will be developed in me as I read the record. You say, well, Bishop, 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 you wasn't there. You weren't there. Amen. Well, huh. some of that stuff you believe in that you listen to online, you weren't there. Some of that music you listening to, amen, and you're just wrapping your life around what they're saying in that music, you weren't there, but you believe it. So why not believe the word of the Lord? Why not believe the God who cannot who does not lie, amen, who will not lie. Why not? Oh, Lord, have mercy. We're watching TikTok, and we believe in all that stuff we see on TikTok, but we won't believe the word. Well, first of all, we ain't reading the word, amen. I listen to folk, amen, and they're telling me news that they heard on TikTok. They don't believe the, the regular news of the 6 o'clock report. They believe all the news they hear on TikTok. But you got to believe this word. Got to read it and believe it. When I see Jesus... Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I see God. 
proven himself. I see that God is not a liar. I see that Jesus took my sins to the cross. He was beaten, hallelujah, with a cat of nine tails. They drove nails in his hands and nails in his feet. He shed his blood and he died on the cross. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. 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 That, that developed in a conviction in me. Hallelujah. This is God-given faith. I didn't pick it up at Walmart. I didn't buy it at Target. I didn't get it from a reality show. Amen. God infused this in my heart as I read and believed the record from a child. I was 10 years old. I didn't know what being saved was. I just wanted to join the church. Amen. I saw my friends join the church, but God was in that. Amen. Because my daddy took me to Sunday school. My daddy taught me the word. When it was snow on the ground and we couldn't make it to the house of the Lord, we had Sunday school at home. Amen. And I saw my daddy pray. Glory to the name of Jesus. I saw my daddy teach us how to pray. Amen. I saw my dad and my mama going through things. Amen. Amen. But yet they held on to that faith in God. Amen. God was developing inner conviction. And that brings me to the community of faith because the community of faith is important. When God said, hallelujah, in Hebrews 10 and 25, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some. God knew what he was talking about. You need the community of faith. Hallelujah. You need to hear the songs of Zion. You need to hear the prayers of the saints. You need to be engaged. Young people, don't let the devil fool you. If I, at 10 years old, could remember some of the messages that I heard old preachers preach and remember them today, you can hear the word of the Lord. Amen. You can give yourself to understanding. You can be excited about Jesus. My dad didn't have to make me go to church. I wanted to be in church. I was got to the point we having service second and fourth Sunday. I wanted to be in church every Sunday. I said, Lord, you heard me tell this before. I said, Lord, let me get my driver's license. All I want to do is get my driver's license. Amen. I'm going to go to church every Sunday. And when I got my driver's license, that's all I, you know, I did other things too, but I wanted to be in church. I wanted to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. And that brought me into a community of faith, hearing different testimonies about what God was doing in people's lives. That I go through things. Yes, I went through things, but I didn't draw back. Hallelujah. I didn't give up. I didn't throw in the towel. I didn't throw in the towel. But I had to see it and older saints. Saints, that's why it's so important that our testimony is good. People need to see you persevering. Yeah. People, young people need to see you in your house, your children. They don't need to hear you fussing all the time. And they definitely don't need to hear you cussing. They need to hear you praying. They need to hear you reading the word of God. They need to hear the songs of praise in their houses. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Mm. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Yeah, persecution will come. Hard times will come. I'm almost done. Hold on just a little while longer. Mm. Yeah, you can't draw back. You're going to have hard times. The devil is going to attack you. People will talk about you. That's okay. Let them talk and you live. Yeah. You live. And don't be listening to stuff. 
Don't be, and people stop bringing you news about what folks said. Just send them on that way. You don't need to hear that. You don't need to hear it. Because when you hear it, then your mind focuses on it. And then the devil begins to tempt you to get revenge. Hmm. Ooh, Lord, don't draw back. Don't draw back. You'll see God's provision. You see God. Yeah. You develop that inner conviction that God does what he says in his word. Every time I go on a mission field, I see God's provision. Every time I go to the foreign field and see people saved, healed, and delivered, I see, I'm developing this inner conviction. I mean, even at almost 70 years old, I'm still developing this inner conviction. Y'all listening, you just now 35 and 40. You got a long way to go. Amen. That's more than some of y'all ain't 25. Well, you're 25, but you ain't 30 yet. And, 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 and what God is doing for you is he's trying to develop an inner conviction so that you don't draw back. You haven't experienced anything worth drawing back for yet. There's some more persecution that's going to come. God is preparing you for the next thing. So don't draw back. Hallelujah. When you hear the testimony of faith, allow that to develop an inner conviction. Yeah. Ooh, the presence of God's given faith in one's inner being is conviction enough that he will keep his word. And I've seen it over and over again in my life. I've seen it in many of your lives. But God keeps his word. He keeps his word. Lastly, last thing I want to talk about is witness. Witness. This is, in the NIV it says, this is what the, the ancients were commended for. The King James says, the elders obtained a good report. This means that they had a good witness. They had a good witness. Witness is an important word in, this, in, in Hebrew, in this book. It occurs not only in verse 2, but in verse 4, verse 5. Of course, NIV changes it to commend it for, but it's, it's witness. And, 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 and the summary is in Hebrews 12 and 1, where it calls this list of men and women, so great a cloud of witnesses. So great a cloud of witnesses. They're witnesses to us because God witnessed of them. All right? In each example cited, God gave witness to that person's faith. And this is the important thing. It's one thing to have people commend you on what you do and who you are and how you live. But it's entirely something else for God to witness to you or of you for what you've done and how you've lived your life. It's important. You remember Jesus talking about that many will come in that day saying, Lord, Lord, I healed the sick. I did many great things. He's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. I don't want the Lord to say that about me. After all of my life, and all of the work the Lord has allowed me to engage in, I want to hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. God testified of Abel offering to him, uh, and Abel being dead, yet he speaks. Enoch did not die. God translated him because he pleased God. That's God testifying of Enoch. Amen. And what shall I say of Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and others in the hall of faith? God gave witness to them in his written record. 
This witness was his divine approval on the lives, on their lives and their ministries. I don't know about you, but I want divine approval on my life. Amen. Yes, I said it a few minutes ago. I want to hear God say, amen, you've been faithful over a few things. Come on higher, I'll make you ruler over many. The writer of Hebrews makes it clear that faith is a very practical thing. In spite of what unbelievers say, faith enables us to understand what God does. Faith enables us to see what others cannot see. Mm. As a result, faith enables us to do what others cannot do. When I'm in faith, I see according to faith. Hallelujah. When I'm in faith, I operate according to faith. Other people may say it's impossible. Other people may say, how did you get that? How do you? It's because I'm in faith. It's because of revelation that comes, because I'm in faith with God. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? Sometimes people call us crazy, but that's all right. Sometimes people call us religious fanatics, but that's all right. Sometimes people call us foolish, but that's all right. As long as God is pleased with our stand in faith, amen, then that's all we should be concerned about. People laughed at these great men and women when they stepped out in faith, but God was with them, and God enabled them to succeed in faith, and we have the testimony. When I'm gone, I want people to remember the word that I preach, the life that I live, the souls that I want, not in my own strength, but by the power of Almighty God. When I remember, when I meet someone and they say, Bishop, you remember you preached this message a long time ago. I'm like, no, I don't remember that. But apparently that message made an impact an impact on somebody's life. And that message will take them to their grave. I don't have to remember it, but God knows I preached it. Hallelujah. I don't have to remember the thousands of people that I baptized in water, but God has my record. I remember what God said to Job. Amen. Job said, my witness is in heaven and my record is on high. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. The witness that we have it's so vital. The best way, hallelujah, the best way for us to grow in faith is to walk with the faithful. There are elements of faith that we will get as we walk with the faithful. We see God speaking his word. Or should I say, these are the elements of faith, and I'm done. God spoke to them through his word. Their wills were stirred in a different way. They obeyed God. He bore witness of them. That's what biblical faith does. That's how biblical faith works. Allow me to say, biblical faith works. Biblical faith works. Biblical faith works. Faith is substance of things helpful. Evidence of things not seen. Because the people walked in faith, God witnessed to them. God witnessed of them. You say, well, somebody else wrote the book. Whose word is it? God witnessed of them. 
I won't be living to hear how God witnessed to me. That's not important. Important thing is that I align myself with him so that I'm walking in faith and he's pleased with my life. Other people may not be pleased, but you know what I found out? People who love the Lord will be pleased. But we're not working. We're not living for people to be pleased. If you try to please people, you will be like a schizophrenic person. Because this person wants you to do this. That person wants you to do that. That person is pulling on you from here. This person is pulling on you from there. No, stop it. Come into faith. Live by faith. You may not understand how certain things are going to happen in your life. You don't have to understand it. You just got to get the word from the Lord and believe it. And stand in faith. Don't waver. Hold on. God's way is the best way. God's way is the best way. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Biblical faith. We'll see what the Lord says to us next week. We might go further with talking about faith some more. But in this day and time, if there's one thing we need, it's faith in God. Biblical faith. Some of you, some of us, and you know, we're a small congregation, so when you say some of you, then, then folks start looking around and see who you're talking about. So some of us, some of us, and listen, let me say this. People who love the Lord are not pointing their finger. People who love the Lord want to see you succeed. People who really love the Lord are pulling for you. So whatever you're going through, people who love the Lord are on your side. They're this crowd, crowd of witnesses around you. I know that there's some people in the church, they're just whispering and murmuring and talking. That's going to always be. That's going to always be. Don't worry about them. We've all sinned and come short of God's glory. The thing is, let's get back in line. Let's align ourselves with God. Let's understand biblical faith. I said a lot today. A whole lot. You need to go back and unpack. You might need to listen to the message and, you know, do what I've done many times. I'm listening to messages. I'll stop it and I'll rewind it. And I'll write it down. Because I said, wow, if I don't write this down, I'm going to miss it. So you might have to stop and, and go back and rewind it so you can do like the cow does when you're chewing the cuds. Yeah. Chew it over and over and over again. This message will help you. This message helped me. Even today. Amen. Biblical faith. So if you're struggling, if you're struggling with something in your life, and you can trust the Lord, you can, if you can, if you can just do what Peter did. Lord, if you're speaking today, tell me to come 
and, 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 and I'm going to obey your word. Of course, Peter didn't say all of that. He just said, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come. And when Jesus said, come, he came. Now, you may be standing and saying, I don't hear the Lord. Mm -mm. Stop a minute. The Spirit of the Lord is present in our midst. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Listen to the Lord. If you need to be at this altar so we can pray with you, come now. Don't hesitate. Step out immediately and come to this altar. You might want to open your eyes as you walk down the aisle. Come. The Lord is speaking. Don't hear me. Hear the Lord speaking to you. If you need to be at this altar today so we can pray for you as a community of faith you will be strong, that you will hear the voice of the Lord, that you will develop a desire for his word, because that's where your faith is going to be built, so you can hear the record come. You can read the record for yourself. You develop this hunger, this thirst, this insatiable desire to be in the word of God. As you have this desire, Holy Spirit, it's going to heighten your appetite for his word. Come. You hear the voice of God. Come. You're watching me online today. Yes. If you're watching me online today, this is the time. This is the time for you to focus in as we go to God in prayer. Focus in. The Lord has spoken to you. The Lord has challenged you in your faith. You've been drawing back. You don't have to lie to yourself. Just tell the truth. You've been drawing back. You've been drawing back. Now is not the time to draw back. Matter of fact, we're not a part of those who draw back. We're not apart. We're not apart. We're part of those who go on to the saving of our souls. Struggles in life are real. Sometimes you think you're clear on things and then you find out that you're not clear and you don't know what to do. Sometimes you just need help. Come on to the altar now. Come on. I need some praying saints now. I need some praying saints now. Hallelujah. Come on. Yes. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on to the altar now. Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God. Fall fresh on us now. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Anybody else? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah, yeah, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes. I need some travailing going on right now. Oh, we need some travailing going on right now in this building. Mm, mm. Oh, yes, 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 yes. 
Come now, come now, come now, come now. Come on, come on, come on. You feel the tugging of Holy Spirit on your heart. Come, 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 come. Mm, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. Those of you who are at the altar, just lift up your hands. Just lift up your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just begin to call on, the God, call on God right now. Just begin to call on him right now. Lift up your hands. If you're at this altar, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands and just begin to call on God. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He, he knows you. He sees you. Hallelujah. And he's pulling for you. Uh-huh. Yeah, because he pulled you out of that seat. Hallelujah. He loves you. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is a time of breakthrough in your life. This is a time of breakthrough in your life. Hallelujah. This is a time of breakthrough in your life, in your faith life. Yes, 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 yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your anointing that destroys the yoke and that removes the burden. God, I thank you, Lord, for your word today and the power of your word. I thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. I thank you that you prosper your word and the things that you sent your word to. I thank you, Lord, for your word that's, 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 that searches our hearts to God, that digs deep in us, that cuts to the division asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow of the bone. God, we're at this altar because we see the need. Hallelujah. You have stirred us, Lord, at the point of our need today. Dear God, that we can walk by faith, that we should walk by faith, that we should live by faith, that we should seek your face, Lord, that we should want evidence from you, that we should want to experience you and know you in the free pardon of our sins, but to know you personally and experientially, Lord God. Hallelujah. I thank you for each one of these that's at the altar today, Father, and whatever the need is in their life. I thank you that today, Lord, you're reaching them at the point of need. Father, I pray that you release a fresh anointing of your spirit in the mighty name of Jesus, that through this anointing, your yoke, these yokes will be destroyed. These burdens are removed. Thank you, God, that you set the captives free. Thank you, God, you've already set the captives free. Thank you, God, you've already set the captives free. Whatever it is, God, whatever it is, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. We say yes to your will, yes to your way. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Do it, God, do it, God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Do it, God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, yes, you're able, God. Yes, you're able, God. Yes, you're able, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for confirming faith today. Thank you for confirming faith today. Thank you for strengthening, Lord. Thank you for your mighty power, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, strengthen our brother, God. In the name of Jesus. God, as his faith is being renewed day by day, oh, God, strengthen him, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, release your anointing, Father. Release your anointing, God. Release your anointing, God. Release your anointing, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. A fresh anointing. A fresh anointing. Yoke destroying, burden removing anointing. Release it, God, in the name of Jesus. As she wailed before you, God. As she wailed before you, God. Hear a cry, God. Hear a cry, oh God. Ah, oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for your anointing today, God. Thank you for your anointing today, Father. 
Thank you, God, Lord. Move by your spirit in our brother's life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, God, strengthen him where he's weak, God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, give him a desire, an insatiable desire for you, an insatiable desire for your word. God, I thank you that his mind is made up. There is no turning back. There is no turning back. There is no turning back. Release your anointing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, I thank you today. God, I praise you today. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Thank you, God, for each person under the sound of my voice. Lord, I thank you for how you're moving in our lives. Thank you for your word of faith today, Lord. Thank you for this word. Hallelujah. That has strengthened us and built us. God, we're hungry for you. We're hungry for you, Lord. We're hungry for you. Thank you for strengthening us and our faith today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, for that person that's watching us online today, Lord, we intercede for them right now. Whatever the needs are in their lives, thank you, God. They tuned in to hear your word today. Thank you for what your word is going to, is going to and is accomplishing already in their lives. Thank you for meeting the need in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. Now, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us 
as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.